wonderful letter that was also carried to the church at Laodicea. So Ephesians, we're going to start verse 3 of chapter 1. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before Him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He lavished on us in the Beloved One. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, that He richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in Him. In Him we also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the One who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of His will, so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to His glory. In Him... You also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of His glory. The title of the message tonight is I'm So Blessed for the Blessing That Keeps on Giving. Uh, one of the songs that that's on Christian radio right now is a song called I'm So Blessed by Cain. Cain are uh, a guy and two girls are brothers and sisters, preacher's kids. And the song goes like this, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, got this heartbeat in my chest, no it doesn't matter about the rest, if I've got you Lord, I'm so blessed. Because on my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day, and you're the reason why. I just thought, how apropos, and why are we so blessed? Paul says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Not some of them. He says all of them. And then he lists them here in, in Ephesians 6. By the way, Ephesians 6 verses, excuse me, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 1 verses 3 to 14 is one sentence in the Greek. One sentence. And I got to thinking, what does that mean? Why would it be one sentence? And I can just hear Paul. He is so excited saying, you know, we've got all these blessings and Paul didn't write for himself. He had, he had a scribe, somebody that wrote Paul. So I'm sure Paul's going along and he's just clicking this stuff off faster than I gave prayer requests to Brad. And this guy's just a writing and writing and writing and writing. And he didn't have any room for a, sin, a period because Paul never stopped. That's excitement. Paul begins, bless God. Because he's blessed us. To bless God means to praise God. It means to exalt and worship Him. Specifically, it means to express humble adoration to Him. And when Paul thought about all God's blessings, he couldn't help but worship. 
And that ought to be our response. As we see all the blessings that God pours out upon us, we ought to cast yourself down before Him in worship. Um, one of the other definitions that I had found that when I was looking at, at uh, what it means to bless God, blessing the Lord is speaking well of God while you're on your knees. It means to submit to worship. So Paul blesses God as he's blessed as he worships God. That word blessed, not blessing God, but because Jesus has blessed us. Uh, it's an interesting word. Originally, it was used to describe those people who lived in another world far from problems and the worries of others. What that means is that Christ, that the world looks on Christians and it, they see us different as if we don't have any problems. How many of you have problems? Yeah, we all do. But because of what God does, we live in such a way because we turn them all over to God. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. We, we live that way and the world says, well, they don't have any problems. They just don't see that we trust in God with everything. Our eyes are on the Lord and not our problems. Um, one, another commentator said the idea behind the Greek word for blessed is something is made large or lengthy. And he gave these three examples. When God blesses us, He extends His benefits to us. He enlarges His mercy to us. He lengthens His charity in our direction. And then he said, forget the long arm of the law. This is the long arm of God's grace. It reaches everywhere. And we already sang the song that I had uh, mentioned tonight, Count Your Blessings. What's it say in that? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Well, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to count our blessings. Blessing number one, we have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world to be holy and to be blameless. The word holy means to be dedicated or consecrated to God. It doesn't just... I mean, we, somebody looks at us and say, oh, they're holy and, and we don't want anything to do with them. No, it means that we're consecrated to God. And God chose us to be holy. God chose us to be consecrated to Him. That means that, that we serve Him. The picture I have in my mind is those priests that stood in the temple. And I, when I was in seminary, we visited uh, Jerusalem. And uh, I remember going into one of the Greek Orthodox churches and seeing the, the priests as they walked in and they had, I don't remember what they're called, but they had this long chain with this, this incense on the end of it. And they, wa they waved it back and forth. There's a name for it, but I don't remember what it is. But you, you could just smell that frankincense. And these guys were in here and they're worshiping God. And, and I can just... Just see that word. God's chosen us to be in His presence to worship Him forever. That's what that word means. Our holiness comes about because of what Christ has done in us. Paul writes to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, He made Him who knew no sin, of course that's Jesus, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. When we got saved, He took all of our sin 
and gave us His righteousness. That's why we're holy. And God chose you for that. Remember in grade school when you played games and they chose, they chose people and, and you wanted to be on a certain team and, and you definitely didn't want to be chosen last. You always wanted to be chosen first. When you got the teams, you're always saying, choose me, choose me, choose me. God says, I choose all of you first. He chose us to make us like Himself. Blessing number one. Blessing number two. Before the foundation of the world, God had planned to adopt you and make you a part of His family. And making you, excuse me, and making you His pleases Him. When we lived in Brazil, well, before we, we went to Brazil, when we were having kids, Sandy one time said, how many kids do you want to have? I said, 11. She said, well, we can't have that many. I said, well, well, we'll have two. She said, well, what if we just get boys? Well, we'll adopt a girl. And we did. We went to Brazil, and one of the first things, we decided, to, because we knew we were going to Brazil, to wait until we got to Brazil. We knew God had called us, and we were preparing, and, and so we said, we'll wait till we get to Brazil. Well, one of the first things we did when we got to Brazil was Sandy said, remember that little girl? So we went and looked at places. We talked to places and said, well, you need to go to the, to the orphanage. So we went to the orphanage. And, and the lady says, no, that's not the way you do it. You need to go to the Juizado. So that's the, the court for, for minors. And we went to the Juizado. And they said, uh, when we find a child, we'll let you know. Well, we didn't get one while we were in language school, so we moved to our field. And the first thing we did was go to the Juizado. And the guy says, we don't do it that way. The guy says, you find a child, and then you come to me. And he said, and here's the name of a lady that has an orphanage. Her name was Hoochie. And that's how we got Christina. And we were so happy because legally, the magistrate, the civil magistrate of God and Eunice took this child whose parents had given up right to her and made her legally ours. And that's what God did. In Christ, Christ, and we'll see that later, Christ paid for our adoption. But we're made His. Spurgeon said, men are not by nature the children of God, but they are heirs of wrath. Adoption proves that by nature we're not the children of God, but He adopts us and now we are His children. So Paul reminds us, of the blessing of being made a part of the children of God. Uh, John 1.12 says, As many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the children of God. And Paul says we're adopted into His family. Blessing number three. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Uh, there's an old song. It was written, I think, in 1959. I may be wrong about that, but I think it's when it was written. It's a song called, He Paid a Dead. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, for Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have been redeemed. Redemption means the act of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. We had a sin debt. And Christ paid for it. Let me give you an illustration of it. Then let's look at the scriptural word. When I was a kid, 
my mom collected stamps. Not postage stamps, but Gun Brother stamps and SNH green stamps. Gun Brother stamps were blue. SNH green stamps were, of course, green. And she would collect them and she would count them up and she'd make sure all the places were covered and she knew how many books she had and she knew what the catalog said it would cost for those for whatever it was she wanted. I don't remember what she got. I remember we got we got uh, uh, green stamps at one grocery store and Gun Brother stamps at, at Safeway. I just remember that. But mom got what she wanted because she redeemed exchanged something for something. And God redeemed us. When Jesus was on the cross, He said it's finished. The Greek word is tetelestai. That word is a banking term. Now we don't, we don't have this anymore, but when I was a kid, we used to go into England's grocery store. And grandma and grandpa would buy their groceries and Olaf would ring, ring them up, or Cl Cl uh, Clarissa would ring them up, and they'd just sign the ticket. And then at the end of the month, they'd go in and they'd pay, the, and it would be stamped, paid in full. That's what that means when we're redeemed. God took our sin debt, and He paid it with the blood of Jesus. We're redeemed. And Paul said, that's a great blessing. Uh, Peter says, you know you weren't redeemed from your empty way of life inherited from your ancestors. Goes, excuse me, I got it wrong. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life inherited from your ancestors. Not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the blood of precious blood of Christ like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. We were redeemed. Blessing number four, Paul says, we're forgiven. I like this definition. Forgiveness involves an intentional decision to let go of resentment and anger for a wrong done. We've done wrong. Well, not only did we have a, a sin nature because we inherited it from our fathers all the way back to Adam, but we've intentionally sinned. That sin nature teaches a baby to say, No! when nobody has to teach them that. But then later on, they determine when they say mine and they hit the other person that's trying to take their toy, that's volition. That's their will. And we have intentionally sinned against God. And God says, I forgive you. Jesus forgives our sins, our trespasses, our iniquities, our transgressions. They're erased and wiped off the record. Uh, in the Psalms, it said that our sins are separated as far as the east is from the west and they're buried at the depths of the ocean. Now, I looked up one time to find the deepest place in the ocean. I don't remember the name of it, but it's seven miles deep. We don't have anything capable of going that deep. God's separated from us. We're forgiven. Blessed number five. Blessing number five. We are holders of the mystery. Look at verse 9 and 10. I want to look at that real quick. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth. For Paul, the mystery was God making known what had 
previously been unknown. One commentator said the mystery of God is the fulfillment of God's plan in bringing his kingdom in Christ to its intended end. The kingdom had long been prophesied, but all the details were not clear until the time of Christ. One reason that the Jews are so blind to the gospel is that they don't understand that the prophecies of the Old Testament point to Jesus. Because like Paul says, they're zealous but for the wrong thing. They're zealous for the law. And Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to, to make clear all that the Old Testament pointed to. And so, we can know the Father through Jesus. One of my favorite passages, and I use it in, in most of the sermons I preach, excuse me, most of the funeral sermons I preach is John 14. Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Peter said, Lord, we don't, or Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And then he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came to reveal the mystery. And we're holders of the mystery because we, to us has been made known the kingdom of God. And we're part of the kingdom when we receive Jesus. Blessing number six. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We've received an inheritance, verse 11. When my father died in 2005, my sister and I got his stuff. We got his house. We got his vehicles. And I don't remember how many there were. Two or three of them. That weren't, weren't worth much. And all of the stuff that came with it. Along with his mineral rights. Yeah, you didn't know it, but your pastor is a an oil baron. Uh, one year we got enough to pay for Christina to go to a mission trip. But some of those checks, they've had to combine several months together to justify a stamp on it. Uh, but we all got we got all that stuff because we were father, my father's heirs. The Bible says that we're heirs of God. And we've received an inheritance. Remember that song, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop? What's it talking about? Well, First, Jesus said, I'm preparing a place for you. we got an, an eternity in God's presence. We've got that. Um, but some translations say, well, it doesn't mean that we're heirs of God. It means that we're God's inheritance. He got us. When Christ died, He got us. And God got us in the settlement when Christ died. Of course, Christ is alive and, and lives now and we're joint heirs with Him, but I, I just think it's wonderful. What a blessing. And then number seven is we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're not... You know, when, when you mail a letter, either 
you got one of the old style letters, you lick the, lick the envelope and seal it, or you put, pull the tab on the back of it and seal it down. My grandma used to seal everything with a, a little sticker of some kind. That doesn't translate what this says. In that day, whenever a document was made, whatever kind of document it was, it was closed and they put drip wax on it to keep it closed so you'd know whether somebody had tampered with it or not. And then a person put their ring, their, their seal in it, usually a signet ring, or sometimes it was a roller thing that, that had several things, and everyone's was unique. Well, when we received Christ, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. God can know that we are authentic because the Holy Spirit in us. That's, and it's also the guarantee or the down payment, it says at, at the end, uh, of our inheritance. Heaven, excuse me, eternal life is not just uh, in, in heaven long in the future. Eternal life is a relationship with Christ right now. A relationship with God right now because of the Holy Spirit in us. In the Old Testament, the people could pray to God, but, but more often than not, priests represented God to the people and the people to God. And they were the intercessors for the people. Well, the people in the Old Testament could not enter into the temple past a certain point. The priest could go to a certain point, And then there was this big curtain that separated the Holy of Holy Place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the throne of, of God was, and the people, the pride priest could go in there one time a year, and access to God was broken. Was was excuse me, was cut off. It was forbidden. But when Jesus died on the cross, it says the veil of the temple or that curtain split from top to bottom. Man didn't open it up. God opened up access through Jesus Christ. And because we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can go directly into the throne room of God. We can lift up our petitions. God can speak to us. The Holy Spirit can lead and guide us. So, that's what it means to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. He is the authenticity of our eternal life. If someone, remember in, in, in the Old Testament, excuse me, remember in the book of Acts, some of the believers didn't get the Holy Spirit immediately. Now we cannot, uh, and when, when the, the apostles came around, they received the Holy Spirit. We cannot base our, our theology of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, on the book of Acts because things were developing. God was teaching them. If, if nobody had ever been around and the, the, Gentiles or the God-fearers, which was halfway between, between the Gentiles and the Jews. These were Gentiles that worshipped the Jewish God. If the, the apostles had not been around when they received the Holy Spirit, the church might have been suspicious that God brought them along. Anyway, that, that's all to say that, that, that believers... Uh, when we receive Christ, we get the Holy Spirit. 
we have that new life in us, that life that Jesus said, I come that you have life and have it more abundant. And so we're blessed. And that's why Paul could say we've received every single blessing. Now, if I went through and did every word, and, and which we could have done that, and, and we talked in length about each blessing, we could have been here till Thursday or Friday. Um, but I just wanted you to catch just, just a glimpse of how we are blessed. Now, I when Sandy was talking about, about the, the faithfulness of God, uh, I, there are so many things that came to mind uh, how God's been faithful. Uh, in, our, in our marriage, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to take five minutes or less and tell you about some of the ways God's been faithful. When our oldest was less than a year old, he had a febrile seizure. And the only reason we knew it was he had turned gray around his mouth because he was lack of oxygen. Well, we were at mom and dad's getting ready to drive back to Haskell. If we'd have gotten in the car and driven, we never would have seen, and he might have died because the oxygen level had gone there. But we stayed around for, I think it was some TV show we wanted to watch, and, and we saw that. God was faithful. When we were in Brazil, I started a church in a slum. I actually, we started it in a school that was at the edge of a, 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 a squatter's village and the slum area. The school was right there. We started the school. And so during the, during the week, they had classes. We had, had Bible study. And so um, I'd go and I'd park right there at the end of the road and walk back in there with some of the, the new believers. We'd have Bible study. Well, one week I got there and uh, Donna Franciscina, who owned the house, she said, she stopped. They called me Michael. They couldn't say Keith. They called me Michael. So Pastor Michael, um, Come here, I need to talk to you. Okay. Uh, she said, uh, a boy was killed right out here in front of the house. And, and I knew him. Um, and it happened to have something to do with rival gangs. But she said, we can't go back there anymore to the Bible study because the gang that was protecting you said they can't protect you any longer. What? God is faithful. Our last place that we served in Brazil was in Recife, and it was about two hours from from João Pessoa, where I had been serving as pastor of, of one of the churches that, that we worked in. And so when we moved to, to Recife, I was driving back once a month to help the church. And uh, I was on, by myself, and I was on, on the, the, the state highway, uh, actually, the National Highway. They weren't anything like our interstates, but they were more like uh, probably what 66 was like back in the day. And so I'm going down the road, and I'm going downhill, and I was behind a truck, and they had a lane for me to pass. And so I start out around him. The bottom of the hill, a truck comes out into my lane. So it's either me hit him, 
or slam on my brakes. So I slammed on my brakes. Somehow I ended up doing a 180. And so I'm facing this way. And right here is a drop off way, way down there. God was faithful. The truck, one of the trucks saw it and stopped. He said, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Turned around, went back, went went on and preached. And um, but God was faithful. God's been faithful. When when uh, we got a phone call at two o'clock in the morning, saying that uh, from this is Officer Jones. It was my son's cell phone. This is Officer Jones. Officer Jones, and your son's been in a very serious accident. Well, I don't know how many times he coded in the hospital, but uh, God brought him through. He's helping. Still in a wheelchair, but he's helping, and uh, we have we just rejoice. And I could just count more and more and more blessings. Uh, Christina coming out of the hospital, she was really she was really sick. Um, we just that's one of the things we're rejoicing about. So God's faithful. God blesses us over and over and over. And when we don't see His blessings. There's two reasons. Number one, there's either sin in our life. Or number two, well, this is the result of sin in our life. We're not looking at the Lord. We're looking at ourselves. We're looking at the world. We're not looking at the Lord. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Father, thank you that you've so blessed us. Thank you, Lord, that you're so faithful. Thank you, Father, for the many ways we can know how you bless us. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.